taking your game to the next level. Athlete One, a podcast tailored for athletes and coaches. Cody Paternetti, next on the Athlete One podcast. For me personally, it was it was just getting the kids to trust me. You know, being a younger coach, they, um, you know, you don't see the old guy, you know, who's yelling and barking orders. You know, it's I'm a younger coach. Okay, so who is this kid? Where is his experience? How does he know what he's doing? You know, establishing that. So, you know, I did play. I was fortunate enough to play at Ohio to make University. I had a lot of success there. Um, played under some great coaches and, and, and stuff like that. And and being able to explain that to them and, and having that personal relationship, it builds that trust between player and coach. I think that's the most important thing. Every kid is different. Every ball player is different. It's important to, to connect with them on a personal level and get them to understand like, hey, I can trust you as my coach. And I think that was the biggest thing. So my biggest hurdle was establishing that trust, the trust that first year. Welcome to the Athlete One Podcast. Veteran high school baseball coach Ken Carpenter takes you into life's classroom as experienced through sports. Go behind the scenes with athletes and coaches as they share great stories, life lessons, and ways to impact others. Today's episode of the Athlete One Podcast is powered by the Netting Professionals, improving programs one facility at a time. Booster clubs, coaches, are you looking for a stocking stuffer for the upcoming holiday season? Look no further than the Netting Professionals. They specialize in the design, fabrication, and installation of custom netting. For baseball and softball, this includes backstops, batting cages, BP turtles, screens, ball carts, and more. They also design and install digital graphic wall padding, windscreen, turf, turf protectors, dugout benches, and cubbies. The Netting Pros also work with football, soccer, lacrosse, and golf courses. Contact them today at 844-620-2707. That's 844-620-2707. Visit them online at www.nettingpros.com. Or check out Netting Pros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for all their latest products and projects. Now to my interview with Cody Paternetti, head baseball coach at Licking Heights High School. Hello and welcome to the Athlete One Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Carpenter. And joining me today is the head coach at Licking Heights High School in Central Ohio, Cody Paternetti. Coach, thanks for taking the time to be on the show. Yeah, I really appreciate you having me. Thank you. The last time we talked, you were preparing for the Central District Baseball Tournament. And looking back, how do you think your first year as a head coach went? Uh, You know, looking back, I I think it was a very successful year. You know, I wanted to start, I came in first year, I wanted to start off right. So I really think a a part of being a great coach is, is, at least for me, is listening to your players and and, and letting them have some accountability and, and, and some you know, sharing the well, sharing the power a little bit when it comes to that. So, you know, I started off with, you know, electing a senior leadership council. So I sat down with all my assistant coaches and we picked out after tryouts, you know, in the few first weeks of practices, you know, who we think are going to be, you know, our, our, our senior leaders here. So we actually included all the seniors in that since we only had eight, a little bigger of a group, but, you know, everyone has in their, their opinion and some, everyone has a, a good way of saying things and, and want to give their input uh, in a respectful way, of course. Uh, so having those seniors have that accountability is very important to us. So we wanted to start off by letting them elect the, se- the leaders of each class. So they elected the, the leader for the junior class. They elected the leader for the sophomore and freshman. 
so bringing that whole group together uh, towards, uh, you know, after the first weeks of first couple of weeks of practices and, and having them talk and establishing goals for the program for the upcoming year. You know, we're approaching our first scrimmage and stuff like that, getting them to talk. So it's not, hey, I'm the coach. I'm going to tell you what your goals are and this is what we're going to accomplish this year. But letting them have that accountability. So it's what they want to do. Um, like I said, every year is a new play, a new program. Every year is a new a new team. You know, different guys have different mentalities, different quirks. Everyone works differently, right? So having them all in one room together, um, having you know multiple chats, not just once a week. You know, um, you know once twice a week. You know, when something comes up, being able to sit down and have that that personal relationship. You know, player to coach is really important. Um, and letting them set their standards, letting them set what they want to accomplish. Like so, it puts the ball in their court. Okay. This is what we want to establish. Coach is going to help us get there. You know, we have to be self-accountable and try to get there. So when you set those goals for this uh, first season that you had with them, what was a, a primary goal that you guys had? So when we sat down with them, they, they established, they, you know, we had two main goals that they wanted to do. Uh, their first main goal was to win a playoff game. You know, Licking Heights has had a couple of rough years. They haven't won a playoff game in five years, and they haven't had a, they haven't won a home playoff game in almost ten years. So that was really important to them. They wanted to win a playoff game. They wanted to get to that next step in that tournament, um, which was their main goal. You know, their second goal that they came up with was they wanted to win a conference championship. So you know, they wanted to do that. So we have some big schools in our conference. You know, uh, Watkins Memorial, stuff, Granville. Uh, some really good high school baseball programs out there with some really top-notch coaches. You know, Coach Schoen has is, is, is shown leadership and he's shown success through the years and coaching at Watkins. And Watkins is Licking Heights' uh, rival. But I, honestly, I, I always I looked at his coaching style and I, I used to talk to him in between games because I've been at Licking Heights for the past four years. And when I was coaching first base, I was always in his ear talking, you know, hey, what, what works? You know, how's this work? He might have thought I was annoying, but you know, trying to get those success tips, you know, it's important. You can get them anytime you can. Plus it helped uh, distract a little bit, you know, so. <laughs> well, you know, I, I've had Coach Schoen on the podcast and you, you can't find a nicer guy. And yeah. I guarantee that, uh, you know, he's he's an open book and he'll really help you with everything, even though he's having to compete against you and mm -hmm. you just couldn't find a better guy. And it's, it's funny that you mentioned you haven't had a home playoff win in 10 or so years. If I remember correctly, when I was at the end of my career at Buckeye Valley, we had to go to Licking Heights for a tournament game. <laughs> and we lost in extra innings on a walk-off grand slam. So oh, it may have been against me. So <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. That's that's cool. Small world. Yeah. It was funny because when you when the, the kid swung the bat, I didn't even look, see where it went. I just started walking toward home plate because I, I knew it was gone. <laughs> That's awesome, yeah. But, uh, well, what were some challenges that you faced as a new head coach that maybe you didn't really expect um, as your first season as a, as a head coach? I think the biggest thing for me was, you know, uh, being the head coach, you know, just as simple as that. I'm younger. Um, you know, Licking Heights is a big division one school in, in central Ohio, you know, we're doing one school, good enrollment, multiple teams. Uh, for me personally, it was, it was just getting the kids to trust me, you know, being a younger coach, they, um, you know, you don't see the old guy, you know, who's yelling and barking orders, you know, it's, I'm a younger coach. Okay. So who is this kid? Where's his experience? How does he know what he's doing? You know, establishing that. So, you know, I did play, I was fortunate enough to play at Ohio to make university. I had a lot of success there. Um, played under some great coaches and, and, and stuff like that. And 
and being able to explain that to them and, and having that personal relationship, it builds that trust between player and coach. I think that's the most important thing. Every kid is different. Every ball player is different. It's important to, to connect with them on a personal level and get them to understand like, hey, I can trust you as my coach. And I think that was the biggest thing. So my biggest hurdle was establishing that trust, the trust that first year. Um, you know, once I got that trust established, you know, they kind of dove in and, and kind of went with my coaching style and, and we could play off each other. And it was, it was a lot of fun. Well, I, I can attest that, you know, I, I haven't had an opportunity to see you coach, but I can attest from watching you play at Ohio Dominican that uh, you you were legit. You 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 did the everything the right way. I mean, you you hustled, you played the game hard, and uh, you you were successful, and you were part of one of probably the greatest teams ever at Ohio Dominican. I believe it was the uh, two thousand fifteen year, maybe or fourteen, where you guys were two runs away from being in the uh, College World Series. That was my senior year, say so 2018, actually, a few years after that. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was just phenomenal team that you got that you were a part of there. But you know, like you said, you're a young head coach with a tremendous baseball background. Is there an advantage to being able to be not necessarily the old coach in his 40s and 50s, and being someone that's maybe a little bit closer to their age? I, I think it's important that we, we don't establish that because, I mean, in, in my world, I mean, experience is huge, right? Experience, experience, experience. And I think it's okay to say that you can have a lot of experience even if you're young. You know, you go through things like college. You know, we were two runs away from the College World Series, you know, being in that, playing that, and also being vigilant, like seeing how our coaches coach. You know, not just questioning, you know, bind orders, but like really reading into that and looking at what, what these coaches are doing. Uh, I would say on a personal level, yeah. I mean, you know, kids today, you know, they're they're in the social media, they're in all that kind of stuff. Uh, it is a little bit easier because I am in a younger generation, so I understand where they're coming from and some things that do. But I can also help them and warn them some about some about some things and and differences like that. Um, but connecting with them, I'd say it's a little bit easier. But also, there's a fine line there. So I, one of the struggles I had is like, okay, I'm your coach, I can be your friend, but there's a fine line between you know, buddy, and I'm your head coach. You know, we had some instances and stuff like that where they said, you know, they said some things and I'm like, you know, I am your head coach. You know, I want you want you to make the best decisions that you can. But I also, I can also be here as your friend. But listen, I'm still your head coach. You know, we can't be doing this. We can't be doing that. It's important that we establish that fine line. We did. And we had a lot of success with it. You know, and it, it really, I, like I said, it all brings it back to trust. And they really trusted me a little bit more. Um, you know, even some guys that were were a little, you know, stubborn didn't want to listen they're like okay you know you're young how do you know what you're talking about i showed them my stats i showed them the success that by the teams that i played for i showed them the coaches that i played for not only did i play for you know you know coach and tony's who is 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 doing a great job at how dominican i played for coach page multiple world series appearances and stuff like that at how dominican and also i played for coach clark you know uh i don't know if you know about him but he's up in northeast ohio at notre dame cathedral latin multiple state championship winning coach he's also now the head coach at st ed's up in up in cleveland um you know, using their techniques, you know, picking from what I like, picking, you know, making sure I stay away from stuff that I didn't like and kind of molding myself into a coach that I want to be, I think is important. Um, there's nothing worse than when your players question you and they don't think you know what you're doing. I think it's important to have confidence in yourself, confidence in yourself as a coach and showing that to your players that, Hey, I trust myself. I know what I'm doing. Um, but Hey, let's work together on this. You know, getting the players to buy in is the biggest, the biggest thing for, for that. 
Well, talk about why it's important to, you know, when I did some of my research, I, I, I read a, a story where you talked about developing that brotherhood and playing for each other. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when we actually, we were, we were coming to that, that, that playoff win, you know, the first one in almost 10 years, you know, first home, first playoff win in five years, home playoff game in 10. Uh, I talked about, you know, we were coming off a win off Granville, actually. It was uh, extra innings. Uh, we, had a, we won at Granville. And, you know, what works? What works? It's, 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 they're not playing for me. They're playing for the name on their shirt, Licking Heights Baseball. They're playing for each other. And that's what success is. It's not playing for yourself. It's not playing for a coach. Sure, a lot of kids like me. A lot of kids maybe don't like me. That's okay. But don't play for me. Play for play for your your brothers, your your teammates that you're you're in there. You're in the you're in the. I'm looking for the word. Um, you're in the trenches with. You know, play for them. I think that's the most important part is establishing that you have to trust the next guy up. You got to trust the guy next to you that he's going to do his job. I always laugh because everyone says, "Oh, baseball is a team sport. Baseball is a team sport." I agree to an extent, but you know, if you drop a five ball and your team loses the game. It's kind of on you a little bit right there. I mean, it's a little different mentality than most coaches preach, but I'll be honest. If you drop that five ball, you had one job. You know, your, play, your, your brothers have to be able to trust you that you're going to get that job done, you know, and buying into that trust and, and playing for each other, I think is important. Now, you mentioned you played for Jim Clark at Notre Dame Cathedral Latin, and you guys uh, made it to the Final Four, and you also played, like you said, at Ohio Dominican University. What um, do you do you lean on that experience as far as, you know, thinking back to the the coach that you the two coaches that you played for or actually three. And, you know, like, are you like saying, all right, I like these drills. Uh, I like that kind of coach player relationship style. Is that something that you work, uh, you know, thought about when you went into coaching? Yeah, I mean, I so I still talk to Coach Clark quite a bit. Um, he wasn't just only my coach, but I look at him as a mentor. Um, you know, I actually – he's the head coach at St. Ed's now. They're actually coming down to scrimmage us this spring, which is pretty exciting. So my guys will get a taste of, you know, some big D1 baseball players. Um, I do lean on that. You know, I do look at what they did. I talk to him frequently. I still talk to Coach Antonides, Coach Hall at Ohio Dominican, um, and, and, and bounce ideas off them and stuff like that because I think it's important that – you know, we as a younger coach, you have to lean on coaches who have been established. I mean, I called you a few times this year for some advice and stuff like that because who better than the guy who talks to coaches on a weekly basis and you know gets opinions and stuff like that and advice and it's awesome. You know, um, at the end of the day, like I, I, I'm I'm a very different coach. You have those coaches who like to coach on an island. What I says go. What I say goes. Um, I know what's best. I can do this by myself, but. That's not who I am. I, I like I was always trained and I was always taught, you know, brotherhood, brotherhood, play for your guys, play for everyone else. It's kind of that community aspect that creates a baseball team, creates the most successful teams in the world. And you look at all these successful teams, what were they doing? They were playing for each other and they were building each other up. That healthy competition is what's important. So being established and, and being a younger coach, you know, leaning on those coaches, you know, I always, this is one of my sayings I always go by is you can always learn something from somebody, whether it's good or it's bad, you can always learn something. Um, so being able to talk and, and get advice and there's no, there's nothing wrong with reaching out and, and talking. Now, at the end of the day, the decision comes back to you as the head coach, but you have, it's always important to have that well-rounded decision with m- multiple things going on and educating yourself to become a better coach. I think it's important. So, well, you were a teammate of my sons at Ohio Dominican and, you know, I, 
I had an opportunity to watch you guys play and, and, you know, it seemed like you guys were a pretty tight knit group as a, as a team. And I, I really believe that had to play a factor in you guys making the run that you guys did. Yeah, I, I think it was huge. I mean, it, I mean, I, I, I can't explain the, you know, the guys I played with uh, a lot of, a lot of great guys, including your son, Jake. I love him to death. He's, he's an awesome kid, awesome player, even better man. And and that's the biggest thing is, you know, like I said, I keep coming to that brotherhood, but that's, I feel like pushes a team, you know, further when it comes to those tough situations, you can depend on the guy next to you, know what's going on. Um, specifically in those situations, you know, at how Dominican, we face some tough challenges, uh, you know, guys going down, you know, other guys having to step up, you know, we ended up losing our first game of the regional bracket and we had to play out of the loser's bracket to make it all the way to the final. We had no guys who could pitch. Um, you know, we had a guy who was a closer. He ended up, you know, uh, Brad Wilson, he got drafted to the Blue Jays. He came in and started, you know, he hasn't thrown more than 20, 30 pitches all year. And he came in through, I think almost a hundred pitches, you know, cause he wasn't just playing for himself. He was playing for the guys next to him because he wanted us all to have that experience. And, 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 you know, that's what you were buying into. But yeah, I mean, long-winded question, answer to that question. But yeah, playing for the guy next to you, you know, we had a lot of team bonding experiences. You know, one of the best things that I, I, we did at Ohio Dominican was in the fall after, you know, fall ball's over, you're going, if your finals are coming up, uh, we did a little uh, little games week. Uh, we played kickball, ultimate frisbee. We did an obstacle course, stuff like that. We were splitting the teams and it's just having that team bonding thing. So I kind of brought that to Licking Heights. Uh, after tryouts are done, we have our team set. Um, we do a day where it's a Saturday. They come in early. It's eight. It's about four hours long. And we just, we play games. We play dodgeball. We do tug of war. We do, uh, everything you can think of, obstacle course, stuff like that. We do an egg toss, but it's, the guys are having fun. They're realizing that there's more to baseball than just a baseball. It's about having fun and enjoying and buying in and being, enjoying the company that you're with and the guys that you're with. Every single day you come to baseball. That's, that's what I think is important. When you get to those tough moments, you can depend on that. Yes. What advice would you give someone that has, that is jumping into the situation that you had to jump into going from the assistant to the head coach? What advice would you give someone that's a young coach like yourself? I, I think it's important. You know, I, I, I'll talk about my background a little bit. I have my master's in data analytics and I, I, I'm, I work as a financial, uh, a financial consultant for nationwide insurance. I think it's important I, I, I rely on data. So one of the biggest coaches that I actually I looked into, I don't know if this story is true or not, but I believe it is. Uh, Mike Tomlin of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And here we are. I'm a Browns fan. I'm talking about the Steelers coach. <laughs> Him in that interview, you know, he was in the coaching staff and he actually went into the interview as a head coach and he slapped a binder down in front of all the, the GM, the owner and stuff like that. And, and in that binder was a statistic on every single player. How can they can get better? Odds, everything you could think of, all those analytics that played into that. So I think it's important that you have to discover your way. You have to have a plan. You know, he knew exactly what he was doing when he, when he, when he, had, when he created that binder. He created all those stats on all those players. How can he make a successful program? It's why he's one of the most successful coaches in the NFL. It's because he, he relies on that. And I think it's important because he always has a plan, no matter what happens. So when I came in, my biggest thing was, okay, how do I establish? My number one thing was GPA. I wanted to establish a, at least above a 3.0 GPA for my players. Well, how are you going to enforce that? I do grade checks. You know, part of being in the technology world that we do, once a week, my players come in and they show me their grades. If they have any missing assignments, they sit. It's a tough life, but it's also baseball is not everything. I want them to establish, you know, in, to establish their life for further on. 
And I also want them to establish that, you know, when you have a higher GPA, more college coaches can play with that a little bit more and they can, they're more interested when you have a better student, they're not, you're not just a baseball player. Um, so establishing grade trucks, establishing, you know, practice plans, um, all like, uh, practice plans, game plans, uh, who your, who your players are, you know, get to know them. Uh, it's okay. This, this guy works with this. He's quirky with that. Um, and then also, I mean, have bringing in a good supporting staff. I think it's important is I, I was, I was blessed to have, you know, six other coaches that joined me on my staff for the two teams that I had, but leaning on them, you know, really valuing their opinion. I, I really believe to be a successful head coach is you need to have assistant coaches that are willing to challenge you in a respectful manner. Hey, you're an idiot. No, not stuff like that. But like, Hey, have you thought about this way? But challenge, but don't give up, you know, really speak, really speak their mind and really try to, you know, go back and forth in a healthy way to establish that. I think you're only as good as your assistant coaches and you, you can't coach on an Island because it is, you only have two eyes, you know, you can only see so much. Uh, so it's important to have those assistant coaches that come in with opinions and you value them. So bringing in assistant coaches that you trust, guys who understand the game and who have proven themselves, I think is important. So putting that all together in a plan and, and kind of just typing it out. You know, I, I actually came up with a program development plan. A lot of the stuff I spoke about is in it actually. Uh, but a lot of it was just me writing. I just wrote down what I want to do, how I want to establish it. You know, it wasn't the truth. It wasn't line for line exactly what I was going to do. It's, it's changed and it's, you know, with the world, not with the world, but uh, it's changed with how the program I got in, I got in, I met these kids, you know, I've, and, and I got these coaches, I practice started going, it changes a little bit, but I had that, that outline first that I was following. And I think it really helped a lot. So really establish a plan and know where you're going and know where you want to go. Set yourself goals is, I think it's important. We talk about students, program goals, stuff like this, but what about our head coach? You know, we're human too. I think it's important for us to have goals. You know, it's, I mean, individually, you know, like, you know, what do you want to establish? What are your personal goals as a head coach that you want to do that year? Um, or in, you know, next three to five years and, and stuff like that is, is really going through that. So, well, you played in the high school final four in 2014, just, just nine years ago. What are changes in high school baseball and players that jump out to you? And it, I, I, I asked this type of question to people that have been coaching for 10, 20, 30 years and, you know, they're like, well, back in the day, this it was this way. <laughs> Have you noticed any changes just in the the style of player or or the game itself? Yeah, I I think there's some there's two major changes. I, I think the biggest change is with the younger generation coming up. Uh, they want to know and they want to know why. Now, when I played, I didn't ask why. I was told what to do and I followed. Right. I, I think it's important that you know. I think it's healthy to understand the why. I, I as long as they go about it in a respectful manner, and that's that again comes with building that trust between player and coach, which I'm huge on. Is it's okay to understand why? It's okay to ask those questions. It's not, you know, do it this way because I said so. Do it this way because of this X, Y, and Z. You know, uh, but establishing that respect and that trust is important when it comes to that. So once you establish that. I think that's the biggest thing is they just want to know why they want to know why, 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 you know, why do we do this? Why are we doing that? Why are we doing this? And I think as a coach, you can't take it personal. They're not questioning you or, you know, your experience or what you know, what you're talking about. I think they're just inquisitive in nature. And, and that's, that's, that's totally normal. You know, with everything that's going on, 
you think about the younger generation's access to social media, you want to know what's going on or why something's happening. They have access right at their fingertips. Um, you know, Google, you know, generative AI, you know, with the chat GPT stuff, there's more answers to the why versus just that's the way it is. And I think as a coach, you have to roll with that. You know, it, there's nothing wrong. They're not questioning you. Uh, they're questioning, you know, what's going on and why are we going in this direction, but leading them in a, in a, in a positive way and say, Hey, this is not a bad thing. You know, come together. We were, and again, I keep coming back on respect because it's important. You will have those players that'll be like, you know, they don't respect you and stuff like that, but that's a challenge you gotta, you gotta overcome as a coach. But I think it's important that the majority of kids, they're all good and they, they want to learn, but they want to know why and that's okay. So, and then the second hurdle I think is, oh, go ahead. Mm -hmm. No, go ahead. I I was going to ask what the second one was. I think that second hurdle is, you know, access to, you know, to training and facilities and everybody's a pitching coach. Everybody's a hitting coach now. So I think a big, a big change in that is, you know, not many kids had pitching coaches. Not many kids had hitting coaches back even when I was playing. Um, also the summer teams, you know, travel ball used to be the top of the line. And now you have these premier teams, you have this, there's all Ohio. It's, it's just crazy with how much it goes. And the biggest thing that they face is at the end of the day is like, okay, coach, I have a chance to play on this team. They're not as good, but I'll probably sit the bench majority on this team. We'll play with the team that's a little not as good because the difference is you're getting those reps. You're playing live reps. Whether you're playing the top of the line talent once a week, if you can play five, six games or whatever it is, and you're playing in every single game, you're getting way more experience than you are sitting on the bench and watching. Um, and again, I, I really try to lead my players, you know, uh, with the, with the great good coaches i think it's a hard because everyone wants to make a quick buck in today's world and that's okay you know everyone's got to have a side hustle and, and provide for their family but i think it's important that as a head coach i think the biggest thing for me is helping guide my student my student athletes into the right way understanding the right coaches pitching coaches that'll help them not hurt them hitting coaches that know what they're talking about not just a guy looking to make a buck um there's access everywhere about that now uh, so giving them some contacts and stuff like that within central Ohio, I think is important and giving them that access because, you know, you know, it used to be just by, Oh, when are we doing fall training or, you know, when are we, you know, I play baseball when the spring season comes or, you know, I just play on my summer team. So really having access to those hitting and pitching coaches, I, I think is huge. It really has changed the game. You know, you got kids, you know, driveline baseball, all these different things that are coming in. And I think it's great, but I think we need more coaches that understand it and can help guide these students in the right way. Because anything can hurt you. You have to know how to use it the right way. And if you have a coach who understands baseball and understands how to learn something, you can learn it. And I think it's important that, you know, we don't just coach these kids in our season, but we coach them throughout the year um, and help guide them in the right direction so they can be better as a player. Well, you've had a chance to to play the game at a, at a high level and you've had some great coaches. Is there a particular drill that you're using now that is – you're like, wow, that's, that was my favorite drill as a player, and I'm using that now as a coach? Yeah, I think about that. Um, hmm. Let's see here. Favorite drill. I mean, obviously, I'm a hitting guy. I'm a, I have an outfielder in college, so I, I personally like the, uh, the outfitting drills a little bit more. But uh, one of my favorite drills we do, and it, it's a lot of fun, is uh, it's a bucket drill. So you have them take no glove. You just throw a baseball up in the air and they have to try to set the bucket down before the ball hits the ground. It's really training those eyes and that depth perception and that timing as well. Uh, it's a little fun game. You know, you guys like it. And, you know, they, they run around with the bucket and they try to set it down as soon as the ball is coming down and you can kind of make a game out of it. 
uh, that's definitely my one of my favorite outfielding drills. It just really shows it's it's a small bucket and a ball you throw way up in the air. It really shows you know your timing and your you know you know controlling your body. You're not just running around with the glove. You're running around with the bucket, so you have to understand where you're going. Um, and hitting wise, I I, I got it. I think my favorite drill, uh, and I and I may have hated it in college. I may have hated it, but hand drills. You know, the top hand on top of the base with a, a bat with a with a shorter bat and, and coming through the zone. And then switching and coming the opposite way, going down on a knee or standing, you know, taking their hips out of it. Uh, I think hand drills are huge. You know, hands through the zone is important. Uh, understanding how to catch up with the baseball. And, and I, I, I hated those drills as a player because they were hard for me. But my, my players struggle with them all. But as soon as they start getting good at it, you can really see the results on the field. Well, I, I like to do a little rapid fire here. And I throw some questions at you and see what you think here. See right. what you have to say about them. You can sit down and have dinner with three baseball coaches or players from throughout history. Who would those three be and why? I think uh, Terry Francona, number one, because I'm a huge Indians fan. Uh, you know, he's been successful and stuff like that. I know he just retired this year. Uh, I would love to sit down and just pick his brain. Uh, I, I got to go. My old fan, my, my, my childhood idol here. I got to go with Grady Sizemore. Uh, I, I idolized him as a, as a, as a kid. Uh, I know I'm sitting here all <laughs> Indians baseball, but you know, center fielder, you know, fast guy, you know, really hit, hit with power and stuff like that. I'd love just to sit down and talk with him. And then, um, boy, third one, I, I gotta say, I gotta say Aaron Meyer, you know, to be able to be successful as he was in the college coaching environment. I'd love to sit down and have a conversation with him. Um, I think that'd be really cool. Obviously it's a different sport, but, there's a lot of really cool things and quirks that he learned about coaching and, and his success at Ohio State, and I'm a huge Buckeye fan too as well. So I got to go with him. Yeah. If you could make one change to improve high school baseball, what would it be? No more uh, wristbands. Not calling out numbers. Let's go back to the old school signs, please. Speed up the game a <laughs> okay. little bit. <laughs> Best story from your time as a player, either high school or college? High school or college. Or it could be a funny story, which those tend to go well, too. Yeah, I, I think it's got to be, you know, we, in, in, how Dominican. So playing under Coach Page here, I think it was my sophomore year. We were coming back from a, uh, a road trip, and, uh, you know, we're all in the van, you know, and uh, we used to take vans to, to, to the games and stuff like that. And I always I – always, I always sat myself in the very back with all the baseball bags. I make myself a little cocoon back there and I always sleep. Well, you know, we played well. So coach page is like, all right, we'll go to Swenson's for dinner and get you guys some burgers and stuff like that. So all great coach page came whipping into the parking lot and he absolutely annihilated a curb. And my head went through the ceiling and everybody in the bus as well. We all, all our heads hit the ceiling. It, it was just, it was, it was just one of those funny moments. I'm surprised he didn't blow a tire. Uh, but you know, we're getting out of the van. We're all laughing. You know, coach Page is like, Oh, it's fine. It's not a big deal. We turn around and we look at the curb. He actually broke the cement curb off and he went back and kicked it back into place. <laughs> we all just <laughs> laughed so hard. It was, Oh my God, I can't, it was, it, it was just one of those moments. It's like, you know, it's, you're all on the bus <laughs> you, after a win, you're all excited. And then, you know, coach drills a curb and your head's in the ceiling. It was, <laughs> it's a funny experience. Yeah. Yeah. Switching sports. Now you've talked about, being a big fan of the Browns and the Buckeyes, what's your take on the college football playoffs? Oh boy. 
You know, I, I don't necessarily agree with 12. Uh, I, I think it'd be tough, uh, you know, Liberty University making it in. I think that'd be a very tough game for them. Uh, I, I think it should be eight. You know, I really think it should be eight. Cut down some, some of those games, get away from those buys, let the guys play. Uh, I think it's tough with FSU, but, I mean, everyone's saying, you know, today you don't have to pass the eye test. It's like, no, they should. If you look at it, that they're a different team without their quarterback. And I feel for him, you know, to go undefeated in a Power 5 conference. But if you look at the wins of Texas and Alabama and just how their team looks, it's just, you know, you don't want a repeat of TCU, Georgia. That was a terrible national championship game. And, you know, it, it's just tough. You know, that's why I think, I think expanding it to eight is good. Uh, but I, I think 12 is too many. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how it turns out. I'm excited for this playoff. It should be fun. Um, Go roll tide. So, <laughs> last question: How has your experience of playing high school and college baseball helped you in your professional life? Uh, I, I I've learned some lessons through baseball. You know, uh, in my career and just in life with my family, my friends, uh, it's taught me so much. I mean, the biggest reason I got into coaching is I want to get back to the game. I wanted to give back because it gave me so much in my life, so many experiences, so many great memories, and stuff like that. And so many life lessons, you know, baseball is one of the toughest games out there. You know, you get a 30% on your test, you fail. You get a 30% in baseball, you're a Hall of Famer. It's 300 average, right? So I I, I think it's important um, really giving back to the game. Lost my train of thought there. Baseball has given me more. Then I mean, I played soccer, I've played football, I've played baseball, but you know, just the memories and the camaraderie that I've, I've made through the relationships in baseball, helping me in my professional life, you know, working with a whole team versus just yourself. Uh, you get into the work environment, you're working with multiple people, you're working on different teams. Baseball taught me that everybody has a different quirk. You know, some guys are more successful when they do it one way. Some guys are more successful when they do it another way. Uh, it translates right to work. You know, you have someone some coworkers that work different ways and you have to understand and learn from that so that you all can accomplish that same goal. Uh, same within life and family, you know, uh, everybody acts differently. Everybody has their, their quirks. And it's the same concept as understanding those relationships uh, and helping each other, you know, go towards success or, you know, whatever that, that may be. Well, it's Cody Patternetti, Licking Heights high school baseball head coach. Cody, thanks for, thanks again for taking the time to be on the athlete one podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was, it was a great time. If you enjoyed today's show, share it with a friend. It helps us to grow the show. This episode of the Athlete One Podcast is powered by the Netic Professionals, improving programs one facility at a time. You can reach them at 844-620-2707. That's 844-620-2707. Or www.nettingpros.com for all their latest products and projects. Don't forget to follow the show at Athlete One Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you would like to be a guest on the show or know somebody that would be a great guest, check us out on athleteone.net to request to be a guest on the show. My name's Ken Carpenter, and as always, thanks for listening to the Athlete One Podcast. Mm-hmm.